Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio.
Yeah. <clears throat> Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Today's date is, wow, December 8th, one day after Pearl Harbor Day, 2014, the United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun, and I am your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones, a doctor's for Ph.D. History, the College of William and Mary Thomas Thomas Jefferson's alma mater. All right, let's kick it in right now. Well, you know what? There are two things I want to get out. You know, the fact that I am a Republican, a conservative, has been met with disdain by quite a few on my Twitter, Facebook, family members, black folks in general. I've been called an Oreo. I've been called a wannabe. I've even been told that I need to learn my history. I need to know my history. I'm a PhD in history. And I... (laughs) Well, anyway, let's... uh, Let me just... There's a couple of things I want to... You know, I have a good friend of mine, Alfonso Alfonso Richel. He uh he's been featured on MSNBC, uh CNN, and uh, of course Fox News. And he also can be found on PJTV, pjmedia.com. Check him out. But first I'd like for you to listen to his take on the whole thing, which just so happens to be my take on this whole you want to be white, you're a Republican because you are an Oreo or you trying to be like those white folks. Dig this. What's up, America? Okay, I'd like to follow up on observations concerning the escalations of racial tension in the wake of the Ferguson event. And the observation I want to make is on blacks accusing other blacks of wanting to be like these white racists or wanting their approval. Cover your ears, kitties, while I explain how stupid this really is. I think what happened. Now, according to the authentically black, I'm a house Negro that has been brainwashed by the white man because I'm a Christian conservative Republican, which is stupid because I live in California, which is arguably like the most liberal state in the union. Considering the overwhelming liberal influence in California, if I was really brainwashed by white people, I would have turned out as a liberal. California is a blue state packed full of white liberals who vote Democrat. Yet even though the Democrat Party is supposed to be the party for the black man, black folks, even here in California, think that white folks here are a bunch of racists. How can that be when they're mostly Democrats? Why do you vote for Democrats when you see that the very white people you accuse of being racist here in California are Democrats? Republicans aren't representing you in L.A. You don't vote for them. Chances are you haven't even met a Republican. And the thing is, you're kind of right. These white people that you think are racist, who are voting Democrat, are racist. Oh, they may not act like it, and they may not even know that they're racist. But as long as they support condescending policies that treat you like you're handicapped because of your ethnicity, 
That's racist. And here's what's funny. I'm accused of always being around white people and that I want to be white, too, and I hate myself and wish that I could be one of these racist white people. Okay, so I want to be a racist white person because I'm a Christian, conservative, pro-life, pro-traditional marriage, pro-abolishment of the 16th Amendment, pro-Second Amendment, pro-capitalism and pro-free market, and basically stand by the Constitution that protects the rights laid out in the Declaration of Independence that says all men are created equal and we're endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights life, liberty to pursue the happiness. And because of that, it's assumed that I want to be one of these racist white people. You know, these race baiters say I'm around white folks all the time. Whatever. However many white folks I'm around, I still never heard them say the more racially heated crap that the authentically blacks say. I've never been called more racist epithets by whites than I have by the authentically black. More black folks have been gunned down by other blacks calling them the N-word than whites ever had time to. Even the cops. The authentically black walk right into abortion clinics and hop right up on the table for a white liberal to kill their children. And on a side note, Planned Parenthood, which has killed over 20 million black babies since 1973, has the nerve to be out there with the Ferguson protesters talking about Black Lives Matter. That's an irony even Rod Sterling couldn't even come up with for the Twilight Zone. Anyway, I speak against these things, yet I'm a self-loather that wants to be one of these racist whites. But you know what I think? I think it's the so-called authentically black who sound more like the racist whites they speak of. I think it's them who want to be the racist whites. Suck my dick, you black ass nigga. I'm sorry, man. I was expecting to see some racist white person. You cool Man, are you trying to be a racist white person? You dark ashy ass Man, I think you are. I think you are trying to be a white racist there, Skeeter. Uncle Tom and house nip. Oh, who wants to be a white racist? I think you do. That's a good way to want to be white racist. Someone needs to bust your nappy ass head wide open. Okay, you know what? I'm convinced that you're auditioning for the Klan now. You must really wish that you could unzip that black skin and crawl into a white hood and some sheets. I mean, I think you've got their bigoted lingo down better than they do. You'd make a neo-Nazi skinhead proud. I'm Alfonso Rachel with Zonation, and I'm not seeing how myself or any of my compatriots of color aspire to be like these racist whites as the so-called authentically black have charged. And unfortunately, you'll side with white people who support the policies of controlling your mind and controlling your population through abortion because of how masterfully they pander to you. And you'll accuse us of being the ones who hate you because we speak out against the ones who are actually preying upon you. All right, welcome folks back to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call in number is 347-884-8500. Margaret, Margaret Sanger started Planned Parenthood for the sole purpose of eradicating the black race from the United States of America. That, my friends, is a fact. Look it up. Don't take the good doctor's word for it. Don't take Dr. Jones's word for it, Ph.D. from the College of William and Mary in history. Don't take my word for it. Look it up for yourselves. Margaret Sanger was as racist as they come. She started all on her own Planned Parenthood for one reason and one reason alone, my friends to eradicate the black race. And many blacks say, well, you know, Planned Parenthood does have some good parts to it. 
okay, why would anyone partake of Planned Parenthood when pretty much when you get in there, they're talking about if you don't want to have a baby, you don't have to, and so on and so forth and blah, blah, blah. That's pretty much what it's about. Oh, well, black folks will say, well, you know, they provide mammograms and patterns. Yeah, but they ha- it's a Trojan horse, and that's something that a lot of black folks don't believe. And Alfonso has it right. We, Republicans, conservatives, are called every name but the child of God, not by white people, not even by Democrats, not even by liberals, but by our own so-called our own people, black folks, you all the names that were called uh, to Alfonso when he was doing that little skit, that's what I hear all the time from black folks. And why? Because the Democrats will promise black people free stuff, stuff they believe is free, education, free food. Free money in the form of welfare, in the form of food stamps, in the form of programs, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all for the sole purpose of getting their vote so that they can stay in power, so that they can continue to say that, well, you black folks, you can't take care of yourselves. You know, you you are not equipped to to take care of yourselves. You're handicapped because your ancestors were enslaved for 400 years. And, you know, as a result of your ancestors being enslaved for 400 years, you're pretty much not equipped to take care of yourselves. So, you know, you really do need us to take care of you, to help you out. You, you poor black people, you need us, us the compassionate white people to help your poor black ass. And all we ask is that you vote for us, that you give us your vote to keep us in a position to help you. Because, damn, you're just plain dumb. And you're stupid because your ancestors were stupid. And it's not their fault because those other white folks, not us, brought your folks here from Africa and enslaved them for 400 years. I don't know when it's going to be 450, when it's going to be 475, when it's going to be 500 years. But for the last 52 years of my life, it's been 400 years. So maybe it's 425, maybe they're rounding it off. doesn't matter. But the reason why you need us, I'm speaking as a Democrat right now. The reason why you need us is because you're not, you don't have what it takes to go out on your own and do your own thing and live your own lives and become businessmen, business owners, and doctors and lawyers. You need us to help you do that. And guess what? We're going to give you government money, somebody else's money, to help you 
to buy those big screen TVs and those Blu-ray players and those $200 sneakers and those 20-inch rims. We're going to give you the money so you can go out and do all that. We're going to give you the EBT cards so you can go out and put gas in that hoopty. So you can go buy yourself some FUBU. So you can go shopping. We're going to help you out. So just keep those votes coming. So we can keep you enslaved. I mean, uh, voting for us. Now, now that we've heard from my man and yours, Alfonso Rachel, look him up. He can be found on PJ Media TV, but just just Google him. I want to explain to you, via another great conservative, why, no, 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 exactly why I am a Republican. He's going to say it almost as well as I would say it to you right now. But because he's so eloquent, almost as eloquent as me, I'm going to go ahead and play this clip. Please bear with me. I'll be right back. The clip is about four minutes. No, it's exactly four minutes and 17 seconds long. Please listen. Don't go away. No, no, no. Don't go away. Listen to my man, Elbert Gilroy, senator from the great state of Louisiana. Explain to him, explain to you why he's a Republican. And in so doing, he's going to explain to you why I, Dr. C. Robert Jones, am a Republican. Please listen. Hello. My name is Elbert Lee Guillory, and I'm the senator for the 24th district right here in beautiful Louisiana. Recently, I made what many are referring to as a bold decision to switch my party affiliation to the Republican Party. I wanted to take a moment to explain why I chose to become a Republican and also to explain why I don't think it was a bold decision at all. It is the right decision, not only for me, but for all my brothers and sisters in the black community. You see, in recent history, the Democrat Party has created the illusion that their agenda and their policies are what's best for black people. Somehow it's been forgotten that the Republican Party was founded in 1854 as an abolitionist movement with one simple creed, that slavery is a violation of the rights of man. Frederick Douglass called Republicans the party of freedom and progress. And the first Republican president was Abraham Lincoln, the author of the Emancipation Proclamation. It was Republicans in Congress who authored the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, giving former slaves citizenship, voting rights, and due process of law. The Democrats, on the other hand, were the party of Jim Crow. It was Democrats who defended the rights of slave owners. It was the Republican President Dwight Eisenhower who championed the Civil Rights Act of 1957. But it was the Democrats in the Senate who filibustered the bill. You see, at the heart of liberalism is the idea that only a great and powerful big government can be the benefactor of social justice for all Americans. But the left is only concerned with one thing, control. And they disguise this control as charity. 
programs such as welfare, food stamps. These programs aren't designed to lift black Americans out of poverty. They were always intended as a mechanism for politicians to control the black community. The idea that blacks, or anyone for that matter, need the government to get ahead in life is despicable. And even more important, this idea is a failure. Our communities are just as poor as they have always been. Our schools continue to fail children. Our prisons are filled with young black men who should be at home, being fathers. Our self-initiative and our self-reliance have been sacrificed in exchange for allegiance to our overseers who control us by making us dependent on them. Sometimes I wonder if the word freedom is tossed around so frequently in our society that it has become a cliché. The idea of freedom is complex and it's all-encompassing. It's the idea that the economy must remain free of government persuasion. It's the idea that the press must operate without government intrusion. And it's the idea that the emails and phone records of Americans should remain free from government search and seizure. It's the idea that parents must be the decision makers in regards to their children's education, not some government bureaucrat. But most importantly, it is the idea that the individual must be free to pursue his or her own happiness, free from government dependence and free from government control. Because to be truly free is to be reliant on no one other than the author of our destiny. These are the ideas at the core of the Republican Party, and it is why I am a Republican. So my brothers and sisters of the American community, Please join with me today in abandoning the government plantation and the party of disappointment so that we may all echo the words of one Republican leader who famously said, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Welcome back, folks, to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation report. Did you know that Martin Luther King was a Republican? Indeed. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. Look it up for yourself. What the great senator from the great state of Louisiana just told you. Do you do you have any doubt that every black person in America, based on the facts of what he just laid out, because you heard it, and you don't have to take his word for it, just like you don't have to take mine. Do your research. Do your homework. Do your due diligence. And you will find, and I will guarantee it right here and now, that every word that he said was fact, is fact. And let's go on the presumption that every single word that he said is fact. Every Republican who hears what he said and has done their research should be, in my opinion, a Republican. It was the Democrats who prevented you from voting. 
It was the Democrats who lynched you, or your ancestors, rather. It was the Democrats who wanted to keep your ancestors in slavery. It was not Republicans. We're the ones who started a party to free your black asses, or your ancestors. And yet, those of us who follow the Republican Party's mantra of freedom, free from government, free to live our lives the way we want to, the way the Constitution and God intended, we're called sellouts and Oreos, and we're the ones who are being told that we don't know our history. No, those of you who say that we don't know our history, it's actually you who don't know your history. You're voting for a Democrat party because they are bribing you. They're offering you something in exchange for something else. They're offering you free government goodies in exchange for you keeping them in power so that they can be in power and enrich themselves while giving you the crumbs of these free programs such as midnight basketball and a little welfare, uh, uh, some food stamps, some educational benefits, which most of you don't take part of, and a few hundred dollars a month on an EBT card. That's what they're offering you in exchange for your vote, keeping them in power. They live in nice, fine homes in Georgetown and in their home states. They're making money. They're going to write books after they leave office. They're going to live high on the hog. They've got great health benefits and all of that. And they'll give you a few dollars here and there in the form of benefits. And as long as you keep voting, they're going to be high on the hog. A former congressman, they live great after their congressional tenures are up. But you, you're still stuck in the same boat you were back in 1968 when President Johnson signed the civil rights legislation and then confidently said for all to hear, now we'll have those niggas voting Democrat for the next 100 years. Those were his exact words. You have been played by the Democrat Party, and frankly, you're not bright enough to see that you've been played if you don't see that you've been played. How sad is that? Now, this article, I mean, this, 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 this broadcast that you're hearing right here and now was inspired by an article in The American Thinker. And the article is entitled, quote, has black America reached the point of no return, end quote. It goes on to read like this. I never imagined that we would reach a point in this country where facts would be ignored on a nationwide level, national level. We seem to have reached it with the Michael Brown case. As I watched the spectacle of our elected officials in the Congressional Black Caucus stand on the House floor and use the debunked hands up, don't shoot, end quote, 
gesture, I realized that black America has reached a point of no return. Every day since the grand jury decision was released, along with the autopsy findings and witness testimonies, our so-called black elected leaders, along with black academics, have appeared on network, network news programs making absurd pronunciations or pronouncements as though there had been there had not been a grand jury proceeding. They outright ignore the facts and pretend as though Michael Brown did not commit any crime at all. They're able to continue such foolishness with the help of their cohorts on in the left-wing media. Even some of the so-called black pastors are continuing the lie. It's obvious that these individuals are living in some alternative universe, alternate universe, different from the rest of America. Indeed, folks. We now know that Mr. Brown was a thug and a hoodlum. We know that he committed a robbery just hours before the incident which got his black ass killed. We know, we see from the video, that he robbed a liquor store. How common is that? And, and that he roughed up the store manager or store owner. I'm not sure which he was. And then a couple hours later, he was just dumb enough to walk and sashay his big ass right down the middle of a crowded street, disrupting traffic. And an officer happens to be driving by and asks him to move over to the sidewalk. <laughs> Mr. Brown was once again just dumb enough not to think well, you know what? I'm probably wanted by the cops for stealing that and robbing that store, that convenience store or liquor store or whatever the hell. Maybe I maybe it'd be a good idea to get out of the street, maybe kind of keep a low profile for a little while. Nope. He confronts the cop and you know the rest of the story. But you've got politicians, congressmen on the house floor, even Members of the media, as well as those clowns from the St. Louis Rams coming out of the tunnel with their hands up. Hands up, don't shoot. The facts be damned. Because the facts, my friends, do not fit the narrative. That there's racism in this country. This is a racist country with racist cops. And what does our great president do, Barack Hussein Obama? He goes out and fuels the fire. Knowing full well, he's supposed to be this damn genius. He's supposed to be so brilliant. He's a brilliant man. Oh, he's so smart. He's the smartest guy in the room. Oh, my goodness. How, Obama's just so brilliant. He's the one. He's the Messiah. He's just so great. Oh, he's just so wonderful. But he's, he's as dumb as the rest of them. If he doesn't understand the facts of the case and realize that Michael Brown was a thug and a hoodlum, and he pretty much got – no, he got what he deserved. He got what was coming to him. Obviously, he got what he wanted. He wanted to die, so now he's dead. And quite frankly, good riddance. I'm glad he's gone. So now he wanted all that to, to occur. It occurred. Obama's in office. 
He's supposed to be this brilliant genius. IQ of 130, which is like average, <laughs> maybe slightly above average, but he's supposed to be this this genius. He doesn't understand the facts, and yet he goes out and fuels the fire. And now we've got cops fearing for their lives because at Obama and Eric Holder's queue, they're reading between the lines saying, yeah, yeah, those cops, you know, even Eric Holder, even the president says those cops are bad news. The president is saying that, you know, cops are, are out there, out, out, uh, it's open season on black folks. We better, we better pr- protect ourselves. Obama's just so damn dumb and so inept at his job that he doesn't realize he's fueling the fire. And thus black people feel emboldened to go out and attack cops. And vilify the police. Obama shouldn't be impeached. He should just pack his shit and walk out. Seriously, I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking. He should just walk his ass out, get, gather up his family, get the hell out, because you're done. Your presidency has been about nothing for six years, and it's going to be about even less. For two more years. You're done. You're the laughing stock of the country, Mr. Obama. You're the laughing stock of the entire world. Nobody fears you. And worse, you're not respected by anybody. Hell, I don't respect you. If you invited me to the White House today, I wouldn't come. I wouldn't go. I, I, I wouldn't even respectfully decline. I'd just decline. Damn. So now the article goes on to read, Missouri State Senator Maria Chappelle Nadal, who represents Ferguson in the state legislature, went on national television and declared, and I quote, this is our race war, end quote. If the rioting and looting that took place in Ferguson were indeed their race war, whom were they fighting? It appears that they were at war with themselves since they burned down their own community. They surely were not at war with white America. No. So their war was against themselves. They burned down stores that they would normally be frequenting to buy their stuff. How embarrassing is that? How dumb can that be? How embarrassing it is for the rest of us who share the same hue to witness black folks get angry and go out and rob and pillage their own community. (laughs) It's insane. It's so embarrassing. That it makes me not want to leave my house on any given day because I'm embarrassed first time in my life to be black. Because I might be associated with a bunch of morons. How is it that you get so pissed? And I know this has happened since the 60s and so on with the rioting in, in Watts and so on and so forth. You go you get so mad at white people that you destroy your own stuff, your own community, burn this 
blank down. <laughs> Burn your own town. So you get pissed off at white people for perceived slights or injustices, and you burn down your own house in protest. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so now the article goes on to read, my friend Rainer Jackson wrote an article titled, Blacks Have Declared War. Blacks Have Declared War on Our Own People, end quote. Now, let me quote that. Quote, Blacks Have Declared War on Our Own People. His name is Richard Jackson, published on the black website News One, where he presented a scathing indictment of the current state of black America. He systematically took apart the ridiculous assertions that black leaders have been patroning since the release of the grand jury decision. Check this out. He went on to state, I do believe that war has been declared on blacks, especially black males. But who has made the declaration of war? I would argue that blacks have declared war on their own people. White folks haven't, nor racist or the KKK. He went on to counter the assertion that white America does not value the lives of blacks by pointing out how the lyrics in rap music devalue black life more than anything white America could ever do. He went on to state that we have declared our own Frankenstein's monster. Hmm. Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into the rest of that when we come back. Remember, the call-in number is 347-884-8500. We'll be right back. Keep his mind on nothing else. Trade by Taliban for a deserter he's found. If she is gone, he can't see it. She can do no right. Stand up and applaud if you put her down.
welcome to How Smart Is Your President? A game show testing the intelligence of President Barack Obama. And now, here's your host, G. Ski Thank you, thank you. You are too kind, thank you. Hello everybody, and welcome to How Smart Is Your President? A game show testing the intelligence of President Barack Obama. And of course, here's our guest, here's our player. Let's everybody welcome President Barack Hussein Obama. Hello everybody, welcome to the show. We want to thank you for hanging out with us. Welcome to How Smart Is Your President? Testing the Intelligence of President Barack Obama. Our player for today, of course, the President of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama. Now, we went over the rules backstage. The game is very simple. We're going to ask you a series of questions, and you hit the fancy-smancy buzzer to answer the question. And we're going to start off right now. Question number one. How many states make up the United States of America? Uh, I've now been in 57 states. I think one left to go. Sorry, Mr. President. The answer to the question is 50. 50 states make up the United States of America. Next question. Name one European country. Compared to countries like Europe? Sorry, Mr. President. Europe is not a country. Sorry. Uh, next question. What is one of the treatments for asthma? A breathalyzer. Or an inhalator. Not a breathalyzer. Sorry, Mr. President. You meant to say inhaler. Inhaler was the answer that you were looking for. All right. Next question. Okay. As the President of the United States of America... Recite for me the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. The, uh, I, I guess... I, I, hold, hold on a second. So, so, uh, so all I'm... All, all, all I, I'm sorry, wait, wait, wait. Don't, don't, don't start... Don't, hold, hold on. Sorry, Mr. President. Time's up. The First Amendment of the United States Constitution states as follows. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances, something that you clearly know nothing about. Anyways, moving on, last and final question, Mr. President. Name the Mexican holiday in the month of May. The Cinco de Cuatro. Sorry, Mr. President, that was the wrong answer. You said four of five. The answer to the question is Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May. That is the correct answer, and you are wrong again. Well, that's all the time that we have, folks. 
I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Catch us next time when we play How Smart Is Your President? Testing the intelligence of President Barack Obama. I'm your host, G.C. Rock, and I'm out of here. Peace out, y'all. give the people what they want free stuff welfare yeah we got to give them a wick card we got to give them some government cheese we've got to give the people what they want we've got to give the people an EBT MasterCard with two to three hundred dollars Every single month. Keep them voting for us. Do you know. When one applies. For EBT. Or government assistance. Do you know what comes along with that. That form. The form. The series of forms that you fill out. In order to get all that. Those goodies. A voter's registration cards. They employ you to. Vote. No, they don't say vote Democrat, but they do promise you, you know, food stamps in the form of a credit debit card kind of thing. And they do provide you with TANF, temporary assistance for needy families, in the form of a MasterCard. And then, of course, there's that voter registration drive they've got going on that goes all along with that. It's right there in the package. I know that for a fact because I went ahead to the local office and got a package under the guise of needing temporary assistance for needy families. Got the package right here in front of me. Yep, they're urging you to register to vote in order to receive all those goodies. So, it's all about Keeping us in our place. That's what it's really all about. It's all about ensuring that they stay in power while giving us a few crumbs in order to help keep them in power. Now, let's get back to what we were talking about here on the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Where was I? Yeah, oh yeah. We've created a Frankenstein's monster, the article goes on to read. This new hip-hop generation has experimented in the laboratory called the Recording Studio. And by exercising their First Amendment right, 
of freedom of speech and expressing through music, they have lost control of the very monster to which they gave birth. In the beginning, like the Frankenstein, people marveled at this new creation, and people were willing to pay to see and hear it. There was rapper's delight, there was the message, and there was fight the power. Then the imagery and lyrics took a twisted turn toward the perverted interpretation of the First Amendment called, yeah, keeping it real. Now the establishment, especially the police, had become the enemy. Hip-hop became a counterculture movement that turned into a monster that could no longer be controlled. Women became bitches and hoes. Men became hypersexualized thugs who were only out to force themselves on your daughters and get rich or die trying. If that's if it's okay for blacks to devalue the lives of our own people, how can we demand that whites value us? White folks don't need to do anything for Ferguson. They have all the power they need. The issue is will they exercise it? Hmm. Interesting, folks, isn't it? Interesting. Interesting and food for thought. Imagine we as black people, are our own worst enemy. No one is going to value an individual's life more than he himself does. If one puts his or her own life in danger by attacking a police officer and attempting to take his weapon, how can that individual expect the officer not to value his life as well by defending himself? Oh, oh, I forgot. According to black leaders and the left-wing media, Mike Brown was just walking down the street, minding his own business, and the racist white cop got out of his car and started firing at him. Is this the entire OD? Is this is this is this entire ordeal an episode of the Twilight Zone? As I as I witnessed black leaders and left-wing political pundits blatant attempts to ignore the facts that led to the grand jury's decision not to charge Officer Wilson for the shooting death of Michael Brown Jr., I am wondering, what is the outcome that black leaders are seeking? Why are they investing? Why are they invested in a lie? What could they possibly gain from ignoring facts that the rest of America has accepted? Now, this is an article. I'm reading from an article taken from The American Thinker, written December 7, 2014, by Patricia L. Dixon. Check it out. Go to the website. Read the article. Think about it. And I'm not talking to conservatives. I want you liberals that I know listen to my show. To go and check it out. I want you, I want you liberals to go, you black folks too, to go and read that article and think about it for a minute. I mean, if you're really true to yourselves and you can really look yourselves in the mirror, think about it. What is the is, is it is there a narrative that we're trying to establish here that you're not telling me about? Is there because maybe the lie is supposed to mean something. 
You know, kind of like the, the Rosa Parks thing. Now, all of you who are hearing the sound of my melodious voice know the name Rosa Parks. But do you know the story behind Rosa Parks? No, you don't. But you will tomorrow. I have a caller on the line, my good friend, Karen from Idaho. And I am sorry, Karen, I was not looking at the board here, and I know you want to talk, but sweetheart, I will get to you. Please come back tomorrow. I am so, I'm so sorry. I love you, dear. We, uh, I'll get back to you. We'll, we'll talk tomorrow. I, I promise I'll get you on first thing. I am so sorry. I wasn't looking at the screen there. So um, uh, we'll get Karen on. I really do thank everybody for listening tonight. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We're gonna, I'm going to tell the Rosa Parks story tomorrow, and you'll see exactly what I mean by the narrative being more important than the facts. Yes. Remember what I said here tonight for tomorrow. The narrative being more important than the facts. I want to thank you all for listening. There's so many things you could be doing. You're taking the time to listen to my show, and I do so appreciate it. We're at over 200, almost 300,000 listeners for my show, and I so do appreciate it. I want to thank you so much. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. We're out. Thank you.
Thank you.